0: Welcome to the Peach Pit Fitness Podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast Network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands, one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the Peach Pit. All right. Hello, Peach Pit fans. Hello, everyone. I just want to welcome you from a world of Facetune reels and quick clicks Over to Meredith and I, our little haven of nuance and questions, and being curious about exercise. So, welcome, guys. I like it here. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, not to get you know, not that this is—it's a a podcast. We're going to be audio, but Meredith, you have a great sweatshirt on today. Oh, I do.
1: I have my Arnold sweatshirt on that says, "Come with me if you want to lift."
0: I like it. Um, it's it's such a it's such a nice invite. I mean I just,
1: right. I just felt like I needed to get really like into the spirit of get excited about what we're about to talk about and you know, channel some yeah super intense energy.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, he's got that like leadership energy and anyways, I won't make any comments about his very attractive son and who he's dating.
1: <laughs> dating i forgot it's like i feel
0: like i've heard this but i don't remember who it is well uh yeah i think i already forgot oh it's um oh never mind uh his daughter is dating that De- david beckham's son oh cute i know cute. i okay. know a <laughs> peach pit guy oh, you all know now <laughs> we're going in a different direction <laughs> I, I really like following the some, magazine of you know. fitness podcasts <laughs> Like celebrity kids, I don't know why. Make I just I don't know why I care so much, but I do. Yeah. So totally different topic. We okay. are talking about an exercise called the Turkish Get Up, and we're gonna have some fun commentary later on another fitness icon, and you'll have to hold tight to get. You know, you hold tight to the end for that one, uh, Meredith. How is? I'm gonna just check in with you. How? Yeah. How's your challenge? You just started one today. Yeah,
1: I did. Thank you so much for playing it for me, Jen. Um, (laughs) Yes, the Spring Forward with Mac Challenge, which it just seemed like a nice opportunity. The the sun is out. The weather's getting warmer. It's such a great opportunity to be outside and to kind of reconnect with nature, which is sort of what I wanted to encourage people to do um, Mm. if they have access to that. And because it's just, there's been so much craziness in the world, in our lives. I feel like everything's just been going, you know, with the pandemic, it's been going on for a long time and <laughs> with all of the other, uh, you know, yeah. war and everything like that. I just feel like war. sometimes it's really helpful to get outside and reconnect to nature. So um, I was excited to do something that incorporated that. So
0: yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for asking. I don't think you're the only person who believes that. So, you know, it's it's important. And I've plugged Mother Nature many times on the podcast. She's
1: amazing. (laughs) You know, I always kind of forget. And then when I get back outside, I'm like, why don't I do this more often? (laughs) Even in the middle of New York City, you know? It's so important. And I forget how much better I feel when I can kind of, like, root and
0: ground and... Nice. Yeah. Calm down a little bit. All right. Sweet. Okay. So... I do have, you know, before we start, I think my disclaimer is that all of these conversations that we have for Peach Pit bring up some emotional challenges for Mm. me. Like, Mm. as we know, exercise and we who love exercise have an emotional connection to it. So I find my sense of like right and wrong and justification and injustice gets really stirred up with some of these, uh, not the conversations, obviously, like you don't stir me up that way, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try now.
0: (laughs) Um, it's, it's more like doing the research, you know, I, I Mm. get I look at different podcasts, like what kind of stuff do you look to? Well, I have to say before
1: we hopped on here, like the last bit of things I was looking at were all about Turkish get up fails. (laughs) Oh, Oh man. And that was, uh, yeah. I mean, you can imagine it's like, it's, the train wreck that you like can't run away from. And it's also interesting just to see kind of what gets proliferated on the internet, on mm-hmm. YouTube. I mean, I think that there are so many, I, as you're sifting through, there's so many different uh, like beneficial things to check out.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: also some like really like things that can steer you in the wrong direction. So, like, being able to like figure out for yourself, for each of us, you know. Okay, it's fun to look at, but like, what can I take away from this? Or like finding the things that actually offer worthy, worthwhile information, education. That can be Mm -hmm. challenging to sift through all the other stuff to get to that. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Discernment on the great wide web. It's, yeah.
1: it's really, it's a skill. It's, um, I think they should start offering like a PhD in that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did see that there is like, there are classes starting to pop up that mm. would like have some goal like that around just being a better researcher and communicator. I mean, it, it does come back. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like trying to teach any at at any educational level besides like, you know, my clients and adults that love exercise. Anyhow. So let's start with the, on the Turkish get up. We do have a special, uh, what is it? We have a special clip from our gal pal, Nikki V about the Turkish get up because she does teach kettlebell programming. Okay. And I thought it would be really cool to include her in yes. this conversation. I so, yeah. Yes. And it, you know, we're looking for that balanced approach and I feel like, she, you know, um someone with her background and her focus on strength for women would like that makes a lot of sense that we can balance it out because Absolutely. what it yeah, what comes it down for our, back to like Researching this on the internet, a lot of the kettlebell blogs, personalities, clickbait are, it's a male dominated mm. aesthetic for sure. Um, it's a male dominated teaching field as well. So I think it's a good idea to just kind of like start with what it is. Yes. Some authority figures that we may have found, and then we'll play Nikki's. Uh, take on it and then you know what you know what is the design of this exercise and then we'll get into some of the assumptions the underlying assumptions which circle back to just the kettlebell you know teaching philosophy in general and, and then you, you teach kettlebells too, right? Did you, you teach back in the day? No. In fitness, like, yeah. so
1: you did fitness like yeah, yeah. Fitness classes. Okay. Yeah, I'll
0: definitely. Yeah, I definitely have some personal experience with kettlebells, and okay. that'll be what's up next after these assumptions. Okay. I'll, I'll share my personal experience with kettlebell programming in general from personal and an MAT specialist point of view, which is. Okay. Definitely interesting, and then you know we'll we'll just kind of talk through any justifications or like ideas that you know is this exercise actually worth our time? Is this exercise worth programming in? What would be like a badass way to put it into your program mm-hmm. or not at all? <laughs> okay, that Whoa. sounds perfect. All yeah. right, so yeah, I mean from your perspective, you didn't have much you know, experience with this at all. So what were your first impressions when like looking it up? And
1: well, i I've definitely, I've, I've seen this movement before and I've done some kettlebell stuff, but it has been a while. Like I typically don't use kettlebells in the way that's in a traditional fashion. So like a gym will have them for sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a great way to like have a client hold on to something without wanting them to hold on to like two separate dumbbells or, you know, so I, Definitely do use them, but I would say not, like, maybe in the traditional sense of, like, kettlebell
2: exercises.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I I think my first impression of this exercise, and I really, I love that, because I never want anything that I'm saying to be, like, we're both here to just sort of analytically assess and not say if something is good or bad or right or wrong, because that's completely dependent on who the person is that's doing it and what their goals are and all of that. Right. So just disclaimer. (laughs) So I think my, my big overwhelming thing is just like hard, how Mm -hmm. when we're changing exercises, Mm -hmm. Where, why do, it's a challenging exercise for multiple reasons, Mm -hmm. but are they any of the reasons that we actually care about? Mm -hmm. And that might be yes for some people and it might be no for other people. Mm -hmm. So it's like choreography. Like it's definitely a series. And that's, that's, I think what I see when I look at it is like, okay, well, this is a, a series of steps and a series of movements that I could break down into seven Mm -hmm. individual movements on the way up and seven individual movements on the way back down Mm
2: -hmm.
1: at least, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I look at it more in like the, like if it's a movie and I'm taking a snapshot,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. like what about each one of those individual positions? And if I could really strengthen each one of those positions Mm -hmm. or moving from one position to the next Mm -hmm. first, before I try to string it all together, there is there benefit in that. Mm Mm-hmm yeah i think so but again it's like depending on who are we talking about who's trying it are they doing it for the first time are they a skilled are they even skilled with their like wrist flexion extension so that they're holding like a kettlebell versus a dumbbell versus i saw you know people would use a sandbag all different (laughs) barbells humans i saw people holding humans
0: (laughs) yeah didn't yeah. get that challenge. <laughs> That's not in the spring forward that challenge. Okay. Sorry. Didn't make it. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, that has, like, a lot of visual appeal. Like, I always think, like, does this exercise, you know, really appeal to people visually because they've yeah. never seen anything? It looks really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what? Getting up off the floor is really a big deal for some people. So maybe, you know, it is impressive maybe. So yeah. How Uh, about you? What do you,
1: what's your first like feeling about it or what's your, I don't know, what what do you think of when
0: you? Oh man, I I get, yeah, I get uh, fired up a little bit because the kettlebell industry just reflects so much of what is wrong about fitness instructors in general to me. Mm. It has like this like it just has this underlying assumption that anybody who teaches it that they are focused on everything should be minimalist because it can be. and minimalism with one weight and you know, having three kettlebells is like all you need and They just go down, up and down that ladder of like, this is the best. You can do conditioning and strength. And, you Uh, know, my first impression is you cannot do real strength training with a kettlebell. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really great
1: point. Like the idea that we should be able to get all of our fitness needs met Mm -hmm. In one exercise like the get up, because it's a cardiovascular challenge and because it's got like shoulder mobility, because I've got to hold this thing, whether I have the range of motion to do that or not, without Mm -hmm. like other joints coming into play. Mm -hmm. And that's enough to accomplish whatever strength goals I have at the same time.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. So, yeah, I get a lot, I get a little fussy about like, This whole subject. So
1: okay, hang on. Like that.
0: <laughs> Buckle the heck up.
1: I know. Where's my seatbelt? I've got one here somewhere. I know. We, we know you do. I
0: I've got a really. I I got. I just got a new one from uh, oh. Home Depot. Nice. Hey, they sell seatbelts at Home Depot? No, Depot. no, it's for moving furniture. Oh, uh, like a like a. Ratchet yeah. Strap. Yeah. And mm. I wanted a ratchet strap. Yeah. I just felt like I want a ratchet strap too. I just
1: want one. I don't, I don't really 10, need to for one. I
0: just want one
1: because <laughs> they're so bucks. Cool. Well, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they are for moving things. That's that's what they're for. For okay. uh a, okay. you know, Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not our expertise. <laughs> well, we move weights, not like yeah, it's Not like furniture. Yes. <laughs> On yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. So. Okay, so let's get into like who I yes. I found was like the authority on this stuff. Um, okay. There, are, so there's two things when it, two styles of kettlebell. They call it soft style and hard style. Okay, and the so the the old school like Russian powerlifting authority seems to be this guy called Pavel. Okay, he's been on Joe Rogan. Like he's kind of like this he's got like a timeless like sexiness about him although when i think i'm gonna say okay yeah I Uh, i wasn't
1: joe rogan but i think i saw him on another youtube clip
0: yeah he's just got a really nice proportional tall body like he's just like not hard on the eyes at all except when on the joe rogan clips one of the i watched one of them for the prep for this one of the comments was like, you know, you're a kettlebell master when you put on, because he's bald, when you put on your ke- podcast headphones and you look like a kettlebell. And I was like, oh, he does look oh, like a kettlebell. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but his, his head is shaped in a way that it really did look like a kettlebell. Like it really stuck up. I was like, oh, that does look like that's a kettlebell.
1: Um, oh my gosh.
0: So like when you start yeah.
1: look like your dog, like your yeah. dog when
0: you start with yeah. So yeah. he, you know, and like Joe Rogan and he came from he is a kettlebell guy. Like he, okay. you know, he was one of the original investors in On It, which is a huge kettlebell like personality. And they manufacture kettlebells and like whatever popularity they've gained in the past like five or six years goes back to like on it in Austin, Texas and Aubrey Marcus. And, and Joe Rogan is a part of that family. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. Is he, he
1: like an investor in that or just like a supporter? Yeah. He was an
0: original of investor in that, okay. in, in that whole business. So and he's
1: really also into like um, MMA, UFC stuff, right? Is correct. That, do you think, is there a relationship there between like, because I, I think in some of the stuff I was reading, it's like, it's often recommended. A lot of the things will come up as being like recommended for grapplers or weight, um, like yes. jujitsu jiu- and things like that. Like that it's a movement yeah. prescribed for those people that are participating in those kinds of endeavors.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's a conditioning type of exercise and kettlebells are used for a lot of cross training in sports, I used to have kettlebells at the soccer field because we would do deadlifts with them and carries, right. as po- but I needed a, mi- a minimalist program for the soccer field right. for these like 15, 16 year, whatever year olds. And that's when kettlebells like make a lot of sense when like you need a minimalist approach, like beginning of the yeah, pandemic. You have a whole gym, yeah. taking it outside. And yeah, that's not Yeah. I mean, my pandemic workout, like when it first started was me like smoking weed outside and doing kettlebell swings and jumping rope. So I like it. I dig it. Like it. Like it. You know, it 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 worked for like a couple of weeks, and I was like, nope, done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so the other authority I found is a man named Dan John, who's like the creator of something called the hard style kettlebells. Okay. And those are like the bigger ones that look like balloons, and they're like kind of cute, but they're big, and. Um, they are meant for more cardio conditioning and it, they're also known for like competition. So a lot of kettlebell instructors will have done a kettlebell competition, which is something like, it's kind of set up like a marathon, except you're like doing different kettlebell swings, okay. um, and moves. You're not actually running. I mean, marathon and like the length of something like time and yeah, they call them kettlebell, like hard style competition. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you
1: said there's a soft style, and that's the one that the Pavel, or you said yeah. a soft style and a hard style, and that, does that actually refer to the material? material? Or it's just, does, it, does the shape different? You said the, 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 the shape, hard style yeah. is like balloon shaped.
0: Yeah, I, I know like the Pavel-like way, the Russian old school way, yeah. I think like, is called soft. Those, like, yeah. Okay. And, I, and they're all kilograms, Okay and they are all like yeah and and so that's and they're made a specific way like a cheap kettlebell is one that will have the handle not like kind of glued on or not molded with iron okay gotcha like yeah
1: yeah. um in the essentials of strength and conditioning Mm -hmm. the nsca they have two different styles but i don't think they refer to them as like they have like like the cast iron class yeah like the and they have like competition kettlebells
0: yeah so that's hard and shiny
1: handle yeah
0: Yeah.
1: so yeah
0: now yeah i don't know why it's hard and soft. So, okay, that's okay. I just was curious. Yeah. I, yeah. And okay. so I found those two guys as kind of the authority. uh Our friend Brett Contreras popped up again Ooh. as uh, he, and so I'll get into what came up for him in a yeah. little bit because okay. it is interesting, very interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious about that. But my favorite piece of information that I stumbled upon was from Dan John, who is a strength and conditioning coach, uh, Discus uh type of like field and track coach and he's a very large man wait is he the one i'm wondering if he's the one that is do you know did he get hit in the head with the discus is he i don't know i I just read that because
1: he he was like talking about how like you don't want to go heavy necessarily because like like there's too much risk potentially if you like hit yourself with the kettlebell I'm glad somebody said
0: it. <laughs> well, he said,
1: you know, he's been hit with a discus, and and it took six months of the big basically being like a concussive state for him to oh. pass that, and that he's had like had issues with depression ever since then.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, so was, yeah, that's now. Out.
1: Just because he said discus, I, I'm gonna have to. I'll look yeah. it up and see is the same guy.
0: Oh uh, yeah, no, that's so. And yeah, that would be probably a big part of the story <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. I so the so the piece of okay, information
2: sorry,
0: <laughs> all good we are here for it uh so he is he claimed that one of my favorite sculptors so i saw um and this is rodan so he's known okay. for these like black they look marble but they're made from clay sculptures that are muscular he did a version of the thinker sculpture oh, okay And one of his most famous ones is called like, well, he's got one of just like a half man torso. That's like exceptionally beautiful. And well, I love muscles. So muscular sculptures to me, I just will sit there and stare at them. And I, and so I saw huge installation of his work in Raleigh, North Carolina. They have this beautiful art museum. And then this whole garden, I'm going to text you a picture afterwards. Yeah, please do. And one of his most famous works is, is is like the gates of hell and it's very tall and it's just got Satan like muscular figures looking down and it's just super cool. But he's also like known for like the, anyways, I'm not going to gush about this sculpture artist, but so he claims, Dan John claims that the, his most famous favorite model of Rodin Used a male sculpt used a male model that did Turkish get-ups for the purpose of the sculptures, and I just thought that was so interesting because it's the late 1880s that we're talking about, and I couldn't find any like account of this in like yeah. art history type of you know scrolling and and okay. light reading. So, but it's just like very interesting to think that the training for aesthetics goes back to then, and it's like influenced this a huge uh, he, and Rodin has like a huge influence on sculpture art. So I just think that's so interesting that, that, we,
2: is. that, and yeah. You know that
1: yeah, like like that, you know, somebody knows that they're trying to prepare for such a, a thing and they're like, yes, I'm going to go to my Turkish getups now and because um, I know that this is what's going to prepare my body to look the way I want it to look or you know, yeah. else, like if it's the 1880s there's not a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, I mean, there's not treadmills. There aren't, I mean, you've gotten run, I'm sure. (laughs) But but there aren't the same like
0: uh, uh, plethora of weightlifting. I mean, was it an option even to be like fit and beautiful? Like that's kind of a revolutionary thought there in the 1880s. Like I wonder though. I mean, just with because I mean, certainly
1: like the Greek, Roman, mm. Olympics, like that that aesthetic, that um, like whatever, like Michael Michelangelo and like mm-hmm. the portraits of David and the Vitruvian Man and uh, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Like there was, I feel like there's always been, or uh, for a while. But I wondered, like, yeah, like in and out of different timelines, you know. Oh. I would think that those things aren't the priority in different eras. Yeah.
0: I just want to know if if we are talking about the original fitness, the influencer model here, the original original male physique
1: model. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Possibly Mr. Olympia. Some, some kind of, yeah, that's Um, funny. Well, Um, well, you're going to have to send me the picture. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, so now we're going to move on to our own personal, like, female authority on this, which is Nikki Ah, yes. And so I'm going to play the clip. It's about a minute and 29 seconds. Okay.
2: Hi, everyone. So here's a few reasons why I uh, teach the Turkish getup in some of the curriculum and when when working with many of my private clients. So I think one of the first benefits of the getup is that it teaches you how to navigate your shoulder position In multiple planes of motion. Uh, And what I mean by that is you have a pretty heavy weight if you get skilled at um, with it, or you can, and you end up going from your back to more of your side into more of an upright position. And so that really does help you learn how to control and stabilize the shoulder under load through all of those planes. Another reason why I teach it is a lot of my clients just really like it because they have a background in dance or yoga and Pilates and kind of stepping into the strength world can feel a little bit intimidating. And the getup feels a little bit more familiar to them. Uh, It has a sense of flow, It has choreography, and it makes it more interesting to them. And so I think for some people, it can be a really nice gateway into strength and to make them maybe want to learn more about how to do these things. Admittedly, this is a very complicated way to practice or test your ability to get up and down from the ground. But the get up will help you do that, and then also it has a lot of built-in mobility work. So it can be a nice warm-up or supporting piece to more traditional strength moves, and it works your wrist mobility, your thoracic mobility, your hip mobility, and your ankle mobility.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. What I what I hear there is like it's a good general exercise.
1: Yeah, and I and right, like I really liked all the um, aspects that she touched on, and yeah, like there can absolutely be a place for it for a lot of people. Whether it's even like she was saying, like as a warm up, or you know something that people just like doing because it feels more closely similar to like the things that they were already involved in. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really cool thing for her to share.
0: Yeah. And, you know, yeah, from, I've never taught this move to anyone. So like, I have to say I never have yeah. either, to be honest, like I've never,
1: yeah. I don't think I've ever had a client do this, um,
0: but like for the right
1: person, for the right reasons, yeah. like, I mean, I could, especially if somebody like wanted to come in and have an interest, like, you know, they want to go take a kettlebell class, but they want to be prepared for it and they want to know what they're going to be going. to like, I think actually trying to work on it before you go to the space, of mm-hmm. being in a class where you ha- now are, like, under pressure if you, ha- you know, if it's a high-pressure class situation, yeah, you know, practicing those things. And it's not like I don't, it, and, right, like, I certainly have people get up from the floor.
2: Mm-hmm. I certainly
1: mm-hmm. have people do lunges and maybe sometimes, like, you know, certainly have them do, like, a press overhead sometimes. And mm-hmm. so they are, like, all the pieces, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, like, kind of the, the way that it's all strung together is not something that, like, I... Would generally do with clients
0: yeah what if i told you the biggest thing standing in the way of peak performance is potentially something as simple as changing how you breathe we at think fit, Be fit rely on science for new ways to optimize performance that's why we've partnered with neuropeak pro and their new product the intel belt neuropeak has developed the next generation of wearable tech this belt is a real-time training device designed to teach users how to breathe properly in order to strengthen their resilience to stress, recover quickly, and effectively execute the task in front of them. If you're ready to begin unleashing the true power of breath, download the free Neuropeak Pro app to experience their precision breath training or Dive deeper into the science of breath training by visiting thinkfitbefitpodcasts dot com slash npp. Your best training is a breath away. I found an article in GQ from something recent, May twenty one, and I just thought it it, it it gives us a really nice description of what this is, and Perfect. yeah, because you know the we just heard it's like a general generally a good exercise because it covers multiple areas of the body sure and yeah so but it you know it's a minimalist training you know favorite and it requires a lot of skill and control and then we'll get into a little bit of that oh so so here's the gq quote it's a sequence of seven motions, more or less, that take you from lying on your side to kneeling to standing tall, all with a kettlebell held over your head. It apparently has its origins in the Turkish military, but these days it's become a calling card of a certain kind of enlightened gym rat. Oh, It's showy, but in a subtle way. Unlike the barbell bending deadlifts, it's impossible to move that much weight. I don't know what that means. Mm. Um, and it's worth mastering, she says. Uh, if you were to nail one exercise for the remainder of your days, you might want it to be the get up. Oh, the thought of one exercise, I'm sorry. I
1: know, I know, yeah. I hate that. I hate that like whole idea. <laughs> but, but, see, but this is my point though. Yeah. It's not one exercise. It's mm. like seven or 15 different exercises it's a <laughs> one exercise and I just don't that's like me being like okay I'm gonna do a squat curl press pull down push-up yeah and it's called the mare get up, like, mare get up, I, up yeah.
0: like exactly I can
1: do that and it can be five different exercises that I just strung together so and again I mean I know I'm being a little bit like that's not exactly the, the same thing but, but
0: that is the whole co- thing that's the culture of this kettlebell thing right. is that they it's like Oh, if we smash it all into 45 right. <laughs> seconds, that's the same as you and I going to the gym and just spending 45 minutes on our quads and whatever other exercise we want or area that we want. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it's not the same. And, oh, the last part of the quote is, it, she does say you might want to master this thing, you know, if there's one exercise and that's because it's a full body exercise that recruits all the muscles Including smaller oh stabilizers, oh, yeah. bringing you through multiple planes of motion and movement patterns. So I'll tag that for you guys. Uh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. nails on a chalkboard for Meredith is recruits all the muscles, including smaller stabilizers. In exactly
1: the same way, in exactly the same amount, and exactly like, um, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. So,
0: I, yeah. Uh, oh, man. <sighs> Okay, so I'll go into what you're hearing, y'all, is this like, this is the problematic thing is that there are so many underlying assumptions. So, when a trainer, so let's go into like the trainer brain who needs to make money. They're only making $20 a session, they don't have the scientific, the body of knowledge that Meredith and I will probably agree that needs to be given to trainers in some way and they're at a loss for you know their training session so then you go and say oh this kettlebell it does all these things it's the best and that is the way that we're taught to conduct ourselves versus actually being honest with ourselves and saying i don't know I think this could work. Let's try. Or even like
1: this has some interesting components. What about this do I really like that I can expand upon? And what about it am I not in favor of? Because it doesn't even have to be like all or nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So
1: the, I think, well, no, just, I just, I, before I forget, like the interesting thing about the, the Turkish army like that because I was seeing that as the origins of it a lot was like that that's sort of where it came from, and then it got transferred and it, so because I was reading something on the a crossFit website that was all about like you know being able to protect your weapon if you needed to get up in battle and you were like needing to protect your weapon so that it was not exposed to the enemy. This is a way you could get up off of the floor and not and still have your weapon protected um and it, okay. so it was interesting because like when CrossFit first came out, I don't know how much because I haven't gone and taken a CrossFit class. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know how much. I remember when it first came out, it was all about like preparing for Doomsday. It was mm-hmm. like about being able to outrun and mm-hmm. like outlift and mm-hmm. maneuver around like apocalyptic themes. And so it was interesting because like that kind of came up in this, Mm-hmm. on this website, like if you were in a position where you needed to like run away and you were down on the ground, but needed to get up. And so I just, it, mm. maybe more now than before, like maybe there's a necessity to train for things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't, least, I don't want that to be the thing I'm yeah. Like I don't, I, you know, I, I that's interesting. I, I yeah. don't know that I have a, really, like, a real point about it, but like if we're, if we're basing our fitness programs. On, mm-hmm. I need to be able to run away from zombies, <laughs> you know, or like some kind of, yeah. yeah
0: well, we're selling a brand of exercise here that matches with self fulfillment and actualization. And I think if you're just constantly running from an enemy in, in your head, theoretically metaphorically in your head during your training whatever that enemy is if it's your if it's the image of you know the perfect body or you know the the cupcake is the enemy or yeah you know you've been told that this exercise is really good good for survival um I don't know I just don't think those like I mean they might serve a purpose but I think better
1: that's, yeah I think so too and I, I like I don't want to um I, I think that that can be a whole nother conversation in in and of itself like mm-hmm. what are our intentions as we approach the way we eat the way we lift the way we do all many things throughout our day but mm-hmm. like if I come to my workouts with like fear versus mm-hmm. like an openness and a willingness and a, like a, a love for my body and what it gives me and offers me and provides to me on a daily basis. Like, I think that those things are very different. Mm. Maybe. Well,
0: Good news is, if you all feel that way, too, you're in the right place. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, my... Okay, keep going. Um, so, okay. <laughs> Deep breath, because yeah. yeah, it's going to get a little bit more problematic. Mm. Okay. So... um me, John. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we promised that I was going to be the one that was going to freak out, but we're, we're seeing it change a little bit here. So... A plot twist. The underlying assumptions about this whole, like how the exercise works, I'll say mechanically from a mechanical point of view, my main concern about kettle, like kettlebell getups in general, and like a lot of kettlebell exercises, there's so much eccentric load. So much. Cause part of getting up is actually going back down. Nobody talks about that in the exercise world. Like all this Googling we did right well, well you know
1: what I like so I when I was looking at something somebody talking about it and how to do it properly and it's like seven movements up from the floor well she says it's eight movements because it's seven movements to get up and then getting back down is the eighth movement and it's no. like no wait a second you can't just make that all one movement like that's yep. again seven different movements to get back down so okay keep going
0: yeah so, yeah, so I think that, you know, that is my main argument against this is that, you know, I'm not going to give this, if you're working with me, you're you're not going to get one of your first exercises where the Turkish get up is actually traditionally at the end of exercise session, like all ab exercises have to be, mm. or, <laughs> at, or at the beginning as a warm up, which mm. is like, because as Nikki mm. said, she right. said it. It's like this, like mobilizing, you know, magic weapon apparently. And I don't know, like that. It's like it's a lot of eccentric load, especially with the weight in your hand and getting back down. And literally, that's the definition of eccentric: is like you know putting yourself back down, right? So yeah. I think that's kind of where my stance is on the mechanical aspects of this exercise. Beyond, like, because beyond, like, thinking of the, like, the joint by joint specifics, I can't even go there, it's, I don't know if it's worth our time. Yeah, Uh, it's, but that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing, like, they're just, like,
1: even just for, like, my general client, and even myself, like, I I mean, I consider myself to be, like, relatively healthy, and, like, I don't have a lot, like, I've got my joint stuff, but I don't have, like, I feel mm -hmm. like I can do most things, right, Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, right off the bat, I'm just, like, I don't know that uh, position of like wrist extension and Mm -hmm. then with like against the load here. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like joint range in the shoulder. And like, you know, a lot, a lot of my clients don't have like a just structurally, whatever, like Mm -hmm. over the years, arthritis, there's just like multiple things. Could they, maybe could that, is it going to improve with this? I don't know, maybe, Mm -hmm. but like, that's a big if, but then like even just like spinning around on the knee, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like the knee is on the floor and like, that's, for me, where I'm just like, God, that's just like, is that necessary? Do I have (laughs) to have my knee like directly on the floor and like a wooden hard, whatever floor, Mm -hmm. but like, and again, it, it may not bother other people, but I I know enough people that it would, that it's like, it just becomes like a, it's probably not the best choice.
0: There's a lot, a lot of, of meh choices. for me in this one. <laughs> you know, that'd be the time. title of the episode. Meh. Turkish kiddos. Meh. Um, and and uh, mean, so
1: many, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah.
0: All right. Let me go into this. Uh, I, I'm promising something problematic. Okay. Here it is. Um, I know what you're getting ready to say right now because I yeah. yeah okay. I, you I, I, you I, can say it. Say so, it yeah. Say it. So. It's over to like the whole kettlebell, let's just call it an industry by itself, like this really small sector of the fitness industry that looks really good on Instagram. Mm. So Pavel on the Joe Rogan, this was like three, four years ago. He, this is the quote. I wrote it down. It just says, and I'm only saying this because he is an authority figure on this subject. And it just, this just points to the problems uh, of this whole entire, like, all the clickbait associated with a Turkish getup quote, the swing is the most beneficial exercise anybody can do because you are training power. You're training your fast fibers, developing mitochondria. Oh, that really got me in those fast fibers. You are training your connective tissue um these are all the sounds of the nails on the board guys mm-hmm. uh and <laughs> like getting hammered yeah. <laughs> different kinds of nails yeah
2: and getting <laughs> awesome.
0: your cardio as well it's not focused on that but you have that side effect i challenge and this is in like 2 a minute later he says this i challenge anyone to find a pressing exercise that is biomechanically more perfect for the shoulder than the kettlebell military press it's perfect. Wait, what? Great. Yeah. Yeah. A range of motion, comma, great stretch, comma, great contraction, just absolutely perfect. And so, like they're not about the Turkish get up, but I think this is coming from like, you know, it's 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 gigolo, Pavel, and you know, it's just like the nature of selling. Is, is he talking about like an overhead press with like two kettlebells or something like a military? Uh, pro- oh,
1: he's talking about like this or
0: something. You start this; they call it the racked position. Okay, and so the
1: kettlebells over here.
0: Kettlebells on the outside of your forearm, and you just go up. And I mean, it's just like a circumduction kind of motion. Okay, that's it. Okay, but it's biomechanically perfect <laughs> because he's using a kettlebell. Because he's using yeah, not a military and not a press, not a dumbbell yeah because okay that yeah so I don't know the challenge is yours I mean if he if there was like money on the table I think I would submit you for this challenge
2: (laughs) so like (laughs) I feel I hate you
1: can just call something biomechanically perfect
2: yeah and like
1: not not back that up with anything whatsoever
0: he said, great stretch, great contraction. That was his, uh, which is, that's, it, it, yeah, that's a bummer. It's, well, a, it's a lot.
1: Those yeah. are really big statements. And there's not yeah. even like a, because the thing is, it's like, okay, a kettlebell is different than a dumbbell, but mm-hmm. like not necessarily different good or different bad. It's just like the distribution of the weight is different. There's mm-hmm. nothing that makes that superior. And in fact, could be a challenge for different reasons and like pressure, you know,
2: anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a lot. That's a lot of, cause then I'm like, why? why? Like the same way, um, you know, if I said that any piece of exercise equipment is good or bad. Mm-hmm you know, it makes it seem like the kettlebell is superior. It does make it seem like the kettlebell is superior.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. To to Mm -hmm. any
1: other version of, and it's like, Mm -hmm. there's absolutely no way that you can claim that.
0: I think it just goes back to, he has probably little training in, you know, what other types of resistance are out there. And therefore, because he doesn't know, according to him and his thousands of case studies and anecdotal experience it's the best and it's just the same thing it's like just be honest but it right it does it just means it to me it just sounds like you're trying to
1: advertise it because it's what you do Mm -hmm. you're trying to laud it because it's what oh well that's great that that's what you do if it's so mechanically perfect
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: you know it's (sighs) like i you know nothing is for everyone Mm -hmm nothing is yeah.
0: for everyone and um, yeah that's it period I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is kind of fun but also problematic uh, along this clickbait journey of Turkish get-ups I encountered Brett Contreras again okay so he's our new friend so he's not I'm just kidding I've never met the guy but you know, uh, yeah. He, he could be. He could be, yeah, he could be. <laughs> yeah. So he self published his own EMG study of okay. core exercises. And it's really funny. This guy's so humble. He's like, Look, I did this in my garage with a four channel EMG. And, you know, it doesn't get into like any more specifically sp- the get up that he did it with 52 exercises. Oh, okay. Four four channels to supposedly represent the four different abs abs, which is (laughs) very problematic. Okay, and and, uh, so his EMG channel EMG self published study from his garage. He says he's like, look, I just did this in my garage. I don't have equipment, so he did fifty two exercises. Okay, and according to this study. The Turkish get up activated all the muscles and if you look at the numbers he published the numbers it makes sense because of the huge eccentric load and how long that phase is because you have to get back down and that that's like his mm. that was the like finding you know and he walks through it in this interview that i found he doesn't claim anything like super offensive okay it's like The headline that people ran away, right? Sure. That the Turkish getup
1: is the best
0: exercise for
1: core, abdominal, whatever.
0: Because the EMG numbers were so high. Gotcha. So we're gonna let PJ and GG take that on. I feel like you know what? Well, I didn't. I I haven't told them yet. Okay. Well, I'd be be
1: interested to to yes, have them analyze that. Yeah. Get a better because.
0: It's almost like, yeah, why Why does a... High, they've mentioned it before. The high numbers in an EMG, like, you know, they... So you would
1: have to account for certain yeah. factors. So it's like apples to apples. Like mm-hmm. the time has yep. to match up between... Or however it's, you know, they're using it or however he, like, designed the study would have to be comparing things in a apples yeah. to apples kind of way.
0: Yeah, and like the methods and all that stuff. I mean, sure. you know, and so... I guess, and the problematic thing, again, is that this exercise has been touted as the best ab exercise, according to this self-published mm. garage study, and, and like, that's like the headline, and that, right, people are just running away with this thing. Meanwhile, if my goal is
1: to get better at shortening, hmm Mm -hmm. my flexors Mm -hmm. my extensors my rotators my to go to end range of any of those positions i'm not going to get it with that exercise
0: yeah i mean that's the thing guys like if like here's here's something funny that people don't understand when you can like see abdominals on someone there's the body fat percentage is huge in that but it's also like those muscles have hypertrophy they're not just like sitting there you know what i mean like yeah you, you have to get them shortened to to I don't know. That's maybe for another time. (laughs) Right. But that's,
1: you know, and, then I, I thought, um, I don't know at what point you, I think at some point you were thinking about bringing up like the whole anti-flexion. Oh, that's next. Yep. Got it. I'll just let you go there. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I think about when I think about an exercise like this, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. That, and that came up for me. Yeah.
1: Meaning that, meaning that it fails in Mm -hmm. that not only do people flex their spine when they're getting that initial motion I mean there's some version of like I can't just completely like get up with a completely neutral you know (laughs) there's something happening there to like whether more or less of a hoist right um yeah but 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 it fails in that if I actually want to explore the ranges that my spinal muscles and my vertebra allow me to Mm -hmm. experience like i'm not going to get it i'm not going to be able to and not that we have to do those things all the time and it's not also like beneficial to to have exercises where we don't where we prevent those things those motions but the idea that one exercise can do every single thing to make your core Mm -hmm. (laughs) quote unquote um you know as strong and stable and well functioning as possible is just mm-hmm. yeah Well, and frankly what would be the fun in that like i'm grateful that we have all of these different ways we can move and train and mm-hmm. ways we can challenge our bodies so that it's not like i don't want one exercise
2: Mm-hmm.
1: i know but it just does it all i don't i want to do all of them and yeah explore them all yeah <laughs> so fun
0: yeah i mean you know i think the main argument against that is just like a time management thing but then it's like but the, you know why would you want to do seven times two movements half ass and just a little bit of challenge when right. you could do like my replacement honestly my replacement for the get up would be a plank on the hands mm-hmm. and then secondarily some hip flexion to isometrics. That, yeah. would, that, yeah. would, that would be my, you know, replacement. And we could do it in half the time. And there you go. I'm rich. Right. So,
1: <laughs> um, I know. And that's the yeah. thing. Like it's so much sexier and so much flashier when you're yeah. like, ooh, the Turkish up does it all. Like you can, yeah. the one exercise, whatever that GQ quote was, like the one exercise you should take your, t- your you should learn to do for the rest of your life that you could do Mm -hmm. like what i don't want to do one exercise for the rest of my life and but i but to your point about like people wanting to go to the gym and do as little as possible and get the most from it. Mm -hmm. I just, that, I I really wish we could move away from that the idea that if I am doing a less total body activity Mm -hmm. and I, and I, I, I I even hate using that thing because it's not like I'm going to ever detach my upper body and just work my lower body or detach my lower body and just work my upper, like you're always working your total body. It's with you all the time in some form or fashion is just more or less proportions you know maybe <laughs> but but the whole idea that I should sweat as much as possible make it as hard as possible in as little time as possible and that's good mm-hmm. enough to cover to train my body effectively like everything in my body effectively mm-hmm. I just think is such a it's just a shame because it just yeah. misses the opportunity to explore just
0: well, yeah. And like, and, and, and we mentioned in our group exercise episode, like the psychological benefits for actually expressing yourself through movement is just so huge that when you're denying yourself that like medicine in a way, you, I don't know. It's, it, it just seems to be you're cutting yourself short, but yeah. So um, yeah. So then the next thing that comes up in the like, what this exercise offers, what the design is, is this researcher from Waterloo University is named Stuart McGill, and his work has popularized the get up even more. Okay, so he does a lot of he has done a lot of research on back pain and the the mechanics of the spine with injury, and I read a pretty interesting interview with him from 2012 that I'll link in the show notes. I think it's just an interesting, it, and you don't have to read it to get this observation from it, but it was such a nuanced conversation. And he was so like, it was a very patient exchange back and forth, which is not something you see on T nation, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it had zero comments And I was just like, Oh, I'm so bummed. Like I, 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 I see the value in his perspective. I see the value in what his work and what we get messed up on again is that we run away with these assumptions and headlines and then create some kind of exercise platform based on those things. So The exercise that he has in his program, and he does have one, there's one problematic thing back to the spinal flexion. And so his exercise is called the McGill curl up and his blog is called back fit pro. It's probably his Instagram handle too. And so the McGill curl up is this exercise that involves very little spinal motion with a significant amount of core activation. So this is where we get into trouble. And so because he's looking at injured spines, McGill has a hypothesis that maybe we shouldn't do a ton of flexion because of these injured areas and this loading and okay. okay but you know you and i are problem solvers we can work around that not everybody is right so they and according to backfit pro this allows for decreased injury risk because the spine is not being forced into a flex loaded and compressed position repeatedly i have multiple problems with that sentence i have a whole like rant on this it's called core training myths it's from last year i'll probably just put it in the show notes and I, cause like I have multiple problems with compression is not bad. Flexed is not bad. Loaded is not bad. Well, and also uh, does he differentiate between like, is he saying this specifically
1: for people who have like active spinal issues or is it like healthy spines as well? Just should never be in those positions. Yeah, are, I mean,
0: yeah, like, he's like, just uh, saying- Relatively
1: healthy spines.
0: Yeah, you know? he's just saying even athletes like power lifters and Olympic lifters, this is his advice for them. Gotcha. And so the McGill curl up instead, like relies on zero movement in the lumbar spine, which is absolutely so. And so, uh, yeah, anyways, so he's been branded on not flexing the spine to prevent and treat back pain. And
1: what happens when you're in your like life and you need to flex your spine? Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been picking up puppy poo poo.
1: (laughs) I mean, it happens. People. Yeah. Flex their spines. Like, we have the ability to flex our spine, I'm assuming, for a reason, but
0: part of breathing for crying out loud, like, it's really important, you know, type of, right? Like, you're not flexing your spine every time you breathe, but it's certainly a component of, you know, like compression and forces and. Ugh. it would be nice um, to be able to train that in, a, in such a way so mm-hmm. the stretch that i'm trying to make here mm. is this is where i see the intersection of prescribing exercises mm. like the get up rather right. than teaching control to restrength right. strength in different segments of the body and that's the hill i will die on Okay <laughs> so, um, yeah. so of course, in this and so in this nuanced, like really great uh interview, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying I like the interview, this does not mean I agree with him. okay know, people Yeah, people of the internet. you know, in this interview, he's not saying, quote, "Don't flex your spine, okay, because he has a cat cow in his like regular recommendations, okay. right, okay. which is full flexion, full extension, sure. yeah. And so this in-depth interview, again, like nuanced, fair, balanced, great interview. Zero comments, and it was probably at the bottom of my search when I came up to like McGill and like oh. why anti-flexion as a thing has gotten so popular. the The platform who's kind of responsible for this like this like no-cebic, not don't flex your spine. Okay. Um, there's, an, there's a couple platforms. One of them is called Squat University. Okay. And then the other one is, oh gosh, Move You. They're so like anti this, anti-flexion, anti-bending, anti, you know, like anti-rotation. So yeah. it's like standing still and squeezing your muscles is like they're, I don't, I don't know. Don't like... ever move. Bubble wrap yeah. up. Well, so yeah. when what, um, what I was curious though about that is
1: um, The difference between saying, like, I am anti-flexion, like, as a a thought and theory, a philosophy, Mm -hmm. versus, like, this is an exercise that challenges you to not flex. Mm -hmm. And, like, so we could have, like, this whole, like, like a plank, right? I might say, like, or, like, this extension or something. But, like, um, you know, I could say that I have this group of exercises where I... And being challenged to maintain my position, to maintain a stable, like unmoving. And so I could call it like anti rotation or I could call it anti flexion mm-hmm. versus being somebody who says you should never flex your spine. And like, that's where I'm trying to figure out like, what are people really saying? Are they saying really like you shouldn't flex your spine or you shouldn't rotate your spine?
0: Sometimes they, you know, they are saying like, you know this is better because you're not flexing right right i think you
1: should so, as, as if you're in danger by flexing
0: yeah so here's the one i have it here and i'll like it says so from squat university two things 95 percent of strength that athletes don't spend enough time doing colon one single leg squats
2: two wow, <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. <yeah>. okay <laughs> Turkish, oh God, yeah. <laughs> i can't do this for much longer i yeah, know <laughs> i know yeah and then it says turkish two? Yeah. Tur- oh, turkish kettlebell get ups oh okay and then his justification is unilateral work does not replace or take priority over the traditional lifts for strength athletes but they are vital i like to call them longevity lifts here's why the traditional barbell lifts are always performed with two feet on the ground two hands on the bar And then he goes into his like, you know, didaction of what is small imbalances and coordination and strength. And you won't even realize it if you're doing just big lifts. Yeah. He just says using single arm and leg movements as accessory lifts to your main lifts, allow you to expose these potential issues, clear them up, optimize your capabilities and increase your potential performance. That sentence, fine, but that headline, not okay.
1: No, no, no. And that's what I was just going to say. Well, okay, I can get on board with that, like doing like one arm unilateral type things, but Mm -hmm. one leg squat. No, thank you. (laughs) There's a whole other host of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, where I'm just like, wait, there's so many ways that you could challenge one leg, one arm at a time. Why would you pick a really shitty exercise to do
0: it? Yeah. Subpar bar shit um yeah it is it is it really is so that's like my official I'm I'm here with you um for that you know I have my personal experience with kettlebells and I think you guys can kind of get it now that I was always like eh, I'll do it just to learn what this whole thing is about just to have this conversation that we're having right now and I I just never really saw a whole lot of benefit from it because it did stress my wrist a bit too much and the amount of hip flexion for me was like inappropriate and maybe that might be different now where I've I've trained a lot of you know hip flexion and and spinal flexion separately and together and Yeah. I don't know. Like, so I just found it inappropriate for me at that time. So that, I mean, there's no real, like my experience with, as an MAT specialist is that I've worked closely with a kettlebell training facility and their baseball players for a while. And I have treated multiple overuse injuries for the tricep, which is, uh, which is, uh, I mean, which is something of, nobody ever talks about is the tricep and shoulder stability, by the way. And
1: because of the kettlebell stuff, not because of the training facility. Or, or, think, no, that's, oh, that's, it's at the kettlebell training facility. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think it, it's more from the kettlebells okay. you know, because it, the trainers would also come in with that problem. It wasn't just like the baseball players, okay. right? Like the baseball players have enough injury concerns to worry yeah, about yeah and i think they get a lot out of you know they basically do these workouts barefoot so i think a lot of their benefits might just come from that and like learning how to deadlift and just learning how to um control your shoulder just like nikki was saying so that's my two cents there i think the worst of the worst injuries is you can actually even with the cat with a get up that you actually can displace your shoulder i think you could hurt your forearm i think you could hurt your wrist i think you could uh, you know and the problem the biggest problem here with oh god there's so many problems <laughs> is that once you're in this exercise mm. there's like no way out well so that was one of the fails that that
1: yeah. was um the, the guy gets back down to the bottom right? Mm -hmm. But now he's stuck with the kettlebell, like, over his shoulder, and he can't figure out how he's going to get it back down. I don't know. At that point, it was, like, two... He could balance it here, but he couldn't, like, bend it without... So a girl comes over to try and help him, and it just... He ended up just dropping it, right? But, like, yeah, once you've got this thing and you're maneuvering it, it's, like, Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong and I Mm -hmm. hit my head, if I this if, pull if i let my shoulder go do the wrong thing it just gives out and now i've got this like huge like that's not great that's mm-hmm. not, yeah so yeah
0: and another like huge claim of the trainers that teach the kettlebell is that it strengthens the lat which could be further hmm. from the truth like that it, it emphasizes lat motion which is like more than <laughs> yeah this, this yeah she, where's that where's I'm that humoral extension, bro wow <laughs> yeah. um you know that's but, my that's my yeah oh, man, that would yeah. really grind my gears that still <laughs> gra- grinds my gears. <laughs> So, you know, my overall position and statement here, I don't see any justification for heavy get-ups. There's no margin for error once you're in this exercise, huge problem. And then I, I see some justification for some low weight and learning the skill. I think that's it. I don't, I don't know, justification wise, if I, yeah. I mean, that. if
1: somebody came in and really wanted to know it, cause and that excited them about exercise and they were sort of like generally okay. And like capable, you know, and didn't have any major joint issues that were of concern and they just had like a curiosity and like a desire to throw something else, a new challenge Like I think it could be used for variety and that kind of thing for the right person. Would I ever be like, this is the only exercise you should ever do for the rest of your life. Absolutely. God, no. Mm. (laughs) And for most people, I think it's inappropriate, but you know, there are some people that I think would be just fine doing it in a responsible manner. It's just like, what's really, what's, what's the goal and what's how much benefit really is there versus something else. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not in your program anytime soon, it sounds like. Probably not. No. No. Okay.
1: No.
0: I hear that. So, and like, oh, also, I do agree with you with the mm. knee on the floor thing. It's really uncomfortable. Like, that would be uncomfortable yeah. for me. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just, and like, why? What, yeah. what, what, what am I getting from that other than just like feeling crummy about, like, oh, God, I really don't want my knee to be in this position?
0: I, yeah. And I mean, honestly, most of us don't like want that. I mean, for our knee like uh, one of the cadavers that i worked on Mm. Mm. had a significant bone loss underneath the Uh, patella okay and you know we kind of talked about what that could be from and we talked about like where these bodies had come from this is totally morbid but um he was like well you know they're from like this mining area of west virginia he was like he's probably on his knees a lot yeah interesting and he's like with Joe, yeah. yeah, and he's like this. I see this kind of often, and and oh, the only wow. reason I know this is because they'll have like a union tattoo, oh. and these like knees. That's scars. so interesting. Yeah. So interesting, and yeah. um, and I know what that. I have a vivid m- picture of what that is, and I, I I don't think any of us really want that. And like yeah. also, a lot of my baseball players. Mm-hmm. Back to him, oh, right? Or, oh my God, my my client who's a catcher. Yeah. They're so vulnerable to every single injury possible. Yeah. Um, like, why would
1: I want to make that yeah. more? Why would I want to create more I mean, mental but, issues?
0: But if I were training a grappling athlete, mm. maybe I would inco- incorporate this because maneuvering yourself on the floor with one arm not as accessible might really be a situation that they could train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I can get on board with that. Grapplers. There you go. So, all right. Well, let's get into the fun part. That was fun. Don't get <laughs> me was, wrong. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very light yes. topic to end. And I, we're just going to give a shout out to another icon of 90s fitness, which everybody, when I tell them we, we do this segment, people are always like, Jane Fonda, I'm like earlier, that she's too early. Yeah.
1: She's definitely seventies.
0: Yeah. I was like eighties, but seventies. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Denise Austin. Mm. And I just, we just looked it up on Wikipedia. She has a a publication video out every year since 1990. What did I say? Five. That's amazing. That's amazing. Lots of bun and burn and hit. Oh, <laughs> she did 2000... like a female, more a more female market, right? Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. 2007, yeah. she published Hit the Spot. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Write that guess... down. Yeah, like, I really feel like I specifically remember, like, it being, like, Bobby by Jake was one half hour, then, like, Nick Austin <laughs> came on, like, the next half hour, and then maybe it was, like, Jen Miller with Step Reebok, like, the next half hour after that. Yeah. I, I did all
0: of these things, but, like, I probably, like, scrolled through, you know, watched. Well, yeah, I mean, those were our references for, yeah, you know, like, the, the was... imagery is, you know, I can still see it, and, you know, Googling her now, this, hmm. the blasting away and booty buns and all these... Denise's Daily Dozens, I'm just like reading off her Wikipedia page here, daily dozen. has yeah. not done her wrong. Yeah, she looks, yeah. I mean, she just is just glowing, right? Like, from what I was reading, it just seemed like she had like a
1: more um, common sense, like rational, not like crazy gimmicky, like aggressive, just like a nice... like common sense approach to and just like kind of like a lightheartedness about her that Mm. or you know I'm saying it like she's not here she's still here she's still alive um but yeah yeah, I remember scrolling through the the channel one day and just being like um the tv one day and she was like if you don't squeeze it no one else will and I always thought that that was like that's so funny and cute (laughs) and like I mean Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, yes, they still will squeeze it even if you don't, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah. cute. You know, just like the funny things you try to think to say to your clients to like keep them.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's not singling out like a body part, which you and I hate, right? It's not singling out a type of body. So as far as like fitness mottos go and something that you can slap on a bumper sticker, that might Mm -hmm. be the one. Like that's yeah. Well, I really like the idea (laughs) of people like learning how to squeeze Yeah,
1: we like that. And contract, and so,
0: yeah. Yeah, all right, so we got to have, like, a rating system. Like, I'm going to give her two cheers with my sparkling water. (laughs) Ooh, what kind of sparkling water is that? I don't even blackberry lemonade from waterloo oh waterloo. how about they already said waterloo university today Oh
1: yeah i've never heard of waterloo before i mean is in terms of uh, sparkling beverage
0: beverage oh, yeah they're one of my favorite um, ABBA
1: songs waterloo
0: water yeah oh yeah abba right <laughs> oh, yeah um, no water this particular brand has like the whole 30 like non-gmo like non-bpa kind of serving a little plug i know Want to sponsor us, Waterloo?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know we'll have Denise Austin while we're at it, right? And definitely guest on the podcast. That would be epic. Yeah. Any parting thoughts?
1: I um, always enjoy our conversations, and I always find it very like healing and therapeutic to be able to like work through these issues and talk about them in a yeah. way that feels like not, um, that just feels, yeah, like you said, nuanced and we can dive into a lot of different aspects and components. So thank you for that.
0: Yes, I know. I agree. It, it does feels good to go out of my comfort zone. It feels good to like revisit these memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels good to hang out with you, of course. And, uh, I, yeah, I just, uh, but you know, what I, I do know that Turkish get ups don't feel great. So I probably, you know, just to leave it where might not add them anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't shut the door of many exercises, but this Mm -hmm. might be one. Although I do have a, I have a couple throwback things to send you. My, um, my jaunts with my lover in the Rodan garden. Yes. And, and what else? At the beginning, my my videos from the beginning of the pandemic of, yeah. Oh, yeah, please. You guys want to Your know what I was doing? doing. <laughs> 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 yeah, <that's> my way. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I had this little back patio. Um, we still do. And I, that was just like my little spot. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, so I would turn on. Elton John has a radio show on Apple. It's called Rocket uh-huh. Hour. Nice. And I didn't he, know that. It's not like retro. He actually is really like talented at finding new pop talent from around the world. And so he's introduced me to so many different. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I listen to that and rock out and have fun. So that's, that's it. But if I, 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 It won't be on any other pandemic plan that I have, most likely.
1: I actually may go to the gym and try some Turkish get-ups and maybe I'll video them and send them your way. My kettlebell
0: is a stopper for the
1: um, Roomba, the the Roomba. Oh nice. Yeah. My foam roller is the thing I used to prop my window open when it's hot in here. to your hair. Yeah,
0: it's a great phone tripod too. Right. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. All, All right. Fun. Well oh my gosh. All right. thank you guys for joining us, Meredith. I love you. I love and you. thank you, Peach Pit. We love you. We love Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out the show notes or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.